0: My name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience's mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer.
1: The the night, well, he's still on us.
0: Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about dating and cancer. And we have two survivors with us. We have Carly and Michael. Welcome to both of you.
1: Thanks. How's it going?
0: All right. And we're going to start off uh, just having you guys tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, Tell me your camp name. Tell me where you're from. And one fun fact.
1: Go. Okay. Um, My name is Carly. My camp name is Tater Tot. I uh, went to camp back in July of 2019. I uh, am currently living in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm about to graduate in less than two weeks. A fun fact about me is I've been to 47 47 states and 22 countries.
0: Wow! Wow! Oh, I can't beat
1: that. <laughs> no way!
0: I can't even come close. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive, Carly. So, um, yeah, my name is Michael Farrow. Uh, camp name is train tracks, was diagnosed with testicular cancer, uh, almost 14 years ago, live here in the great state of Colorado. And, uh, I'm originally from Sacramento, but uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, live in Colorado now for shoot almost 15 years now. Um, fun fact about myself. Oh gosh. Um, I would say I have made one game-winning shot in my entire life when I was in sixth grade and playing basketball.
0: You've awesome. done it though.
2: I've done and, it. And I've done it. Really I made the important. shot and that's all that counts.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for joining us today. We're going to be talking about dating and cancer, which can be a rough subject for some people. So I, I really appreciate you being here and, and talking with us. So let's start with your cancer diagnosis when were you diagnosed, what cancer, a little bit about your treatment, um, things like that.
2: Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was diagnosed uh, August of 2007. Uh, So started with, uh, again, testicular cancer was my diagnosis. Um, You know, so I I was complaining about uh, essentially a bump uh, on my testicle for a while. And uh, that was, I think, in the timeframe frame around June, and when uh when I first you know felt the bump I was like okay well, maybe it's a, a a zit a warp, something like that still kind of embarrassing because it's your you know your, your your private parts if you will uh you know but but for me you know I, I tried to ignore it for a couple months and then uh, finally you know made the appointment and uh, called up my parents and said hey I got something going on that, that I think I need to get checked out. And then sure enough, you know, I had the ultrasound done and then they confirmed that it was testicular. Uh, So I had had my orchiectomy where they removed the testicle. And then from there, I had another surgery on my stomach, which they call as a retroperitoneal lymph node dissection, uh, where they essentially open you up, take all your insides out, put it on the table. And the doctor literally puts his hand into your guts and rips the lymph nodes out. Uh, and then put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Uh, So so that was kind of my process. Uh, You know, I also had a a brain tumor as well that that kind of complicated things in regards to my treatment plans. So that's why I decided to do surgery and I I decided not to do chemo uh, specifically because of fertility. Carly, how about you?
1: Yeah, I was diagnosed in August of 2017. I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma of the spine, I had a a grape-sized tumor uh, crushing my spinal cord and the lower parts of my lumbar spine. Um, And how I found out was about six, seven months prior to finding out I had severe back pain and I previously had been playing soccer all my life. I was working out every day and I kind of thought it was maybe I lifted wrong really bad one time and I was just sore. Um, And I went, I went to physical therapy. My doctors didn't really think anything of it. it. And then at the end of July, I was at a um, graduation party and I was dancing and all of a sudden I couldn't feel my legs. So that was pretty scary. And then a few days later, I, my dad took me to the emergency room and I like, it got worse and worse. And I had two spinal surgeries. The first one was to take the Tumor out, and then the second one was because my spinal fluid was leaking out of my back, so they had to go in and fix it again. And then I had fourteen rounds of uh, chemo and twenty-seven rounds of radiation.
0: Wow. Yeah. Both of you have been through it at a young age, at an age when a lot of people are dating. I don't know if you both said this, but how old were you? And at the time you were diagnosed, were you single? Were you casually dating? What was your relationship status?
2: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was 22 when. So, I mean, 22, 23. You know, when I when I uh, first got diagnosed, uh, 22. I mean, essentially February was the brain tumor, and then August was the cancer. So I had a birthday in between then. So that's why I say 22, 23. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, I was I was casually dating. I was I was in the process of literally finishing up college. Uh, so, so to me, you know, I, I uh, wasn't, I, I,
1: I mean, casually dating is the
2: best way to put it. Yeah. I'm nothing I was, serious. Nothing serious. I, yeah.
1: I was 19 when I was mm-hmm. diagnosed. Um, I was in a pretty serious relationship. We had been dating for on and off for about two years. And then like four months into treatment, he had gone off to college and he was playing football and he he just said that he was having too much fun to come home and visit me. So I ended it cuz I was like I need someone who's going to be there for me. So
0: Well yeah, especially in the middle of of that
1: <laughs> what yeah. you were going
0: through. So once you were diagnosed what went through your mind when it came to dating? Now Carly, you were kind of in a relationship at first. Michael not so much, but Like, did you think no one's gonna want to date me or will this person I wonder, Carly, if you thought is this person not going to want to continue dating me? I mean, what kind of went through your mind in those in that way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I because at first the person that I was dating, he was like he was he was like, I'll be there for you when you lose your hair, I'll I'll be there for you when you grow it back. And and he I kind of brought up fertility just because I, I wasn't sure and my doctors had mentioned it to me um, and he was like oh it's fine like we can get through that um, so I wasn't really worried and then when we broke up I kind of I didn't even think about dating after that and it's mm-hmm. been really hard since I haven't dated anyone since so
2: yeah yeah for me it was you know I immediately went to can I have kids mm-hmm. you know and so I mean, I was you know at 23 years old, that was that was my main priority was you know hey I'm I'm not even dating anyone right now, but I need to know that you know am I going to be I don't like using this term but am I going to be wasted goods essentially to someone <laughs> because I can't give that person a, a child um, you know so that that was kind of where where my head first went to uh, you know so so to me you know fertility has always been kind of that main kind of topic when it came to dating, you know, when I, when I really kind of got back into kind of the groove of things for myself, like, you know, it, 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 bringing up the fertility conversation at 23, 24, 25, most women, and I'm, I might be, uh, generalizing here, but most women aren't mature enough to have that conversation. Hmm. And, you know, I felt like, you know, the, the times that I did a lot of, some people just didn't understand it. That everything that would have to go into what fertility looks like, you know, is understanding that, hey, it's not like a magic pill and it's just gonna work like that. You know, I think it's very, it is very complicated. So to me, yeah, it, it took a lot for me to, you know, figure out how to have that conversation with women in general.
0: Have either of you,
2: and I don't know if they can
0: say definitive, but have either of you received a somewhat definitive answer that you cannot have kids or is it still, a wait
1: and see kind of thing? Um, I think it's a, a little bit of both. I know like right now I can't have kids because the chemo put me into pre-menopause. So I was menopausal for a few months after chemo, um, which messes up your egg production and everything, which was oh, yeah. scary. And, um, but they said that maybe 10 years from now, like I, my eggs could be rebounded and I could, but they don't know for sure. So yeah.
2: for myself, it's a li- I mean, I'd, I'd say it's kind of a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I've had some doctors that have told me that it's going to be a, a, a pretty big challenge. Uh, I've had other doctors say, Hey, you know, we we've done a, a semen analysis and you do still have some stuff in there. Mm. Um, you know, but, but it's, you know, and this, is where I, 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 I've had to do a lot of kind of self-education in regards to understanding the terminology when it comes to semen analysis, you know, but, but for me, it's, you know, I again my, I don't have very good numbers in itself. And I think that's where like fertility, again, you know, I had testicular cancer, you know, and, and a lot of times with testicular, they always say you only need one, right. right. Um, you know, but, but for, with me, my brain tumor is probably more of the I would say issue that's causing the the fertility issues, you know. And then again, you take the test the, the testicular cancer and throw that into it, and it's just kind of a, you know in a way kind of a perfect storm. So you know, I've had like I said, I've had doctors say it's going to be a challenge. Others say you know uh, it, it it could be possible. So you know, I'm just being as optimistic as I can. Right. And then there's the question: When
0: do you spring that on someone? Right. I mean you're thinking about dating your you're interested in someone. When do you decide to tell someone, hey, I had cancer or have, you know, or whatever stage you're in? And then there's that part. Have you guys thought about that?
1: Yeah, I um I struggled a lot with that. Actually, I um when I was going through treatment, I didn't even I was on dating apps, but I never really touched it just because I was I was bald. And my picture like right after treatment was done, I was like trying to get back out there, but I didn't know whether I should keep the photos of me like a year ago and I had full hair or keep the photos that are I'm just bald. And a lot of I got a lot of like backlash. Some guys were like, Oh, those are two different people. And I was like, actually, I mean, they kind of are, but not really. But I've talked with my therapist a lot about it. And she was like, Why don't you just put it in your bio or something? Or Mm-hmm. put it on on your app in some way like something small so I've I've put a uh, cancer survivor on my and if they want to ask about it they can I'm always really open about that kind of stuff but I, I felt like it's easier for me to just put it out there rather than like slide it into the conversation later.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah I'm trying to figure out when it's not gonna be awkward. <laughs> At least they know from the beginning.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. When I first got diagnosed I had a really tough time trying to figure out the right timing of when would be the right time to tell someone that, hey, I have a, I have a fake testicle and I'm also you know, showing a scar on my stomach that, that is pretty brutal. For me, it, it, it kind of took me, I would say a while to figure out what that timing looked like, whether it was one month, whether it was a few weeks, whether it was a year. I, I, I think for me, it was, I'd rather be transparent about it. I'm transparent about it at the beginning when, and that's when I look back I mean, you know, now I'm, I'm 14 year, almost 14 years out. And it, it's, you know, I've learned a lot from that. At the same time, I look back on it and say, well, you know, it's that mindset. Of, if they can't accept me for for what I've been through, then I'm going to save myself some time on, you know, whether it's a month or two relationship or six months or a year. But for me, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I want this person to accept me for, for who I am and what I've been through. And if they can't do that, then kick rocks. Yeah. I have a feeling
0: it's, it depends on the relationship, the person it's never going to be easy, right? It's a matter of, of figuring out what works best for you. So one thing I'm wondering is when you were diagnosed with cancer, do you feel like your, your values in general changed? And then also in terms of what you were looking for in a dating relationship.
1: Yeah, I definitely think my values have like shifted. Before Cancer, I, I think I was a little bit more worried about like oh I need need someone who's who's attractive, someone who I'm attracted to. And yes, that's still important to me, but something that is even more important is someone who understands the dark parts of me and the the part the hardest parts of my life and they understand the my limitations and just like the hardest things that I go through and they're okay to be there for everything and I think someone who accepts you for who you are is something that's way more important to me than looks or anything like that
2: definitely. My perspective definitely changed. I think when when I when I first got sick you know twenty 23 years old I looked at it as hey, I just had to grow up and essentially grow up to be a fifty-year-old, sixty-year-old man, and and just kind of wake up and mature. At the same time, you know, I I look at it as I don't I don't view it as you know the, the maturity aspect of it. Obviously, was very important. The values that I gained, you know, I think to me, I just I lost my patience for bullshit. I, I lost my patience for drama. And I think for me, I also learned a lot about, you know, just what I'm, I was looking for in a relationship. I think the values that, that I was looking for were, they were stronger, right? I think the way I look at it is, is what I was looking for. I wasn't just looking for someone that, you know, loved me for who I am, but I was also looking for someone that was going to appreciate the values and the way I look at life similarly. And, Mm. you know, it's, it's that kind of live like you were dying mentality that YOLO mentality that you only live once and you're going to live it like you can, you know, and at the end of the day, it's, you know, if that other person doesn't have those same kind of mindset or value, then that's okay. But for me, that's, that's what, you know, I think it took me a long time to figure out what, what that, what that looked like in a relationship.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely.
2: So I think
0: Carly, you already answered this, but have either of you been in a dating relationship since you were diagnosed with cancer?
1: I haven't dated, like, I've, I haven't i have been in a relationship since that last relationship, but I've dated somewhat, gone on a few dates. I, for some reason, I just have hard, had a hard time dating. And I think part of it is I need to accept, like, my body for what it is now. And, like, I feel like with cancer, even, like, uh, years out, and Michael, you probably feel this, too, you still have days where it's just so hard. And I feel like I need to, like, be okay with that before I can let someone in my life who's going to, like, help me with that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I, I could not agree more there. So, <laughs> yes, I, so I, I've been in an, definitely been in a few dating relationships since I got diagnosed. You know, at 22, 23, like I said earlier, I was dating early on, uh, you know, nothing serious, just kind of having fun as I got older, you know, I also kind of felt that, okay, I have this, this time clock on me now, especially from a fertility perspective. So for me, it was, you know, I I almost kind of rushing into relationships for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm very upfront about this. You know, I was married for a short time and I look back at that relationship. And to me, it was, I was forcing myself to want to move forward with, and in the sense of, you know, I was 28, 29 when, when 29, when I got married and I look back at it and, and for me, it was, you know, I have all my friends that are getting married, having kids and like that. And for me, it's like, well, I'm just kind of sitting back waiting on life to happen. And you know, like I said, like I, I you know, I, I went into a lot of that for all the wrong reasons. Mm. And that's where, you know, I think looking back on, where I am now, I have learned a lot more about, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier, the values that you look for in a relationship. And to me, it was, it was something that, again, it was, it was a very hard thing to go through, but at the same time, I, I, you know, just like cancer, I learned a hell of a lot from it. Mm -hmm. And I learned a hell of a lot in the sense of I'm never going to settle. You know, I'm never going to just say, well, you know, this is the relationship that I'm, that I'm in. Oh, well, you know, but to me it was, I wanted to make sure that for me, I was going to be doing everything in my power to focus on my own happiness. And I wanted to make sure that my values at the same time were being honored for myself too. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with someone now that, you know, she's also a cancer survivor And I think that's what makes our relationship so unique that we have a complete understanding of whatever, what what we each go through. You know, if it goes to, you know, if one of us has a scare, you know, if if one of us has a scare that's going on, we've both been in those same shoes before that we can relate to something like that. And I think we we go back to that value of, we're just going to live it up and we don't want to, you know, essentially sit back and wait for something to happen instead, be proactive about it and live life how we can.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. You just, so it sounds like dating someone who has been through cancer herself has made a big difference for you, Michael. And I'm wondering, Carly, Carly for you, I know you mentioned that part of the um, struggles, I guess you've had have been more with yourself, but in the people you have dated, has it, have any of them, had someone in their life with cancer. Did that make a difference in any kind of connection that you guys had?
1: Yeah. Last year I I dated someone for a month or so. And he him and I had actually matched on on a dating website while I was in treatment. Hmm. And so we kind of were friends for a few years after that. And then he moved up to Minneapolis. So I was like, hey, let's get dinner. And that relationship it didn't end up in a relationship but it was better because he understood where yeah. i he already knew about the story and, and we had talked about it before and that was really helpful he like i i think when we were dating i had to go back home for scans and he was like i really hope they go they go well like let me know if you need anything and like i really hope that maybe someday i can find someone who's also a cancer survivor or someone who just really gets it and mm-hmm. i haven't dated anyone who I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, you're so strong. Like you're badass for kick, kicking cancer. Yeah. But like, I, I love that from people, but sometimes I just want people to just like, listen. And it's really hard to find those people. Yeah. Interesting. Um,
0: if you think about people, I mean, you guys, you were what? 19 and 23, right? That's all you guys were. Think about someone around that age diagnosed with cancer in your shoes. You know, wondering about all the things that you guys have now gone through. What suggestions you can you make for someone who's kind of been through that and now they're considering getting back into the dating scene? Are there things that you've either done or at least thought about or, you know, you wouldn't do? Do you have any suggestions in that way?
2: The biggest thing for me that I would recommend to anyone going through, you know, an early diagnosis at that young of an age would be transparency. I think for me it, it was, like I said, I look back on on the last, you know, almost fourteen years and the things that I've learned from dating and cancer. I think have have I've learned something in, in every relationship that I've that I've had. At the end of the day, I look at it as the one thing to me that has helped me in all of those relationships has been that transparency. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you have, you know, physical side effects, you know, like a prosthetic testicle or a massive scar in your stomach, it, it, it obviously is, is it's a, it's a touchy subject to talk about. And I think at the same time, I, I go back to, if, if this person doesn't accept you for who you are, Don't waste your time on that person and move on. And and that's where, like I said, I look back on on my relationships. And there were times that, like I said, I'm not going to regret anything that I've done in my life. At the same time, I've learned a lot of valuable lessons for where I want to go. And for me, it was being transparent and being open and honest. And if they can't accept that from the start, then that's okay, And just have to find someone else.
1: yeah Yeah, I I think another big thing is I feel like society puts a lot of pressure on you at the ages that we had our cancer diagnosis and even just a few years later like to be in a long term relationship and get married and like go through the motions and I feel like the biggest thing I've learned is is it's okay to take the time after Mm -hmm. going through something so traumatic and like learning about learning and loving yourself again and like understanding that it's okay to be single for a while if that's what you have to do in order to be in like a good relationship with someone
2: could not agree more there I think one thing for me that you know I, I look back and I, I, I definitely there were relationships where I jumped in a little too fast because again I had that mindset that you know I'm running out on time mm-hmm. at the same time I, I go back to I learned a hell of a lot because of you know, the way I was going about those relationships was with the mindset of, well, I just need to get in a relationship. I need to get married and I need to have kids because you know I'm 36 years old and I need to get life moving. At the same time, I go back to having a relationship, relationship evolve naturally rather than being forced are the ones that I think in my eyes are the ones that are going to be successful and last for a long time. So to me, it is you know, I, I think it's really important to go back and make sure that you're going into it for all the right reasons and not forcing it you know, because of, Carly, like you said, society standards of, hey, I have to be married at this, at this age. I need to have k- kids at this age. Rather, let it happen organically and naturally, and you'll be set up, I think, a lot better for the long run. Well, and like you've mentioned a couple of times, Carly, you have to be
0: okay with where you are, right? And I think that that's a huge suggestion right there. So I'm wondering, is there anything I haven't asked you guys um, that you would want to share? Any tips, suggestions, things you've learned um, that I haven't asked you about?
1: I think one thing which I definitely touched on it vaguely, but if you're going to be on those dating apps at this age, like Michael said, transparency is is key, and a lot of I feel like it helps you because it doesn't put a lot of pressure on you to just like tell your story like immediately. But if you put that like Cancer survivor in your in your profile, like it gives you the chance to like let them come to you with any questions instead of being like, Oh, I'm a cancer survivor and like freaking them out right away.
2: I think for me, my probably one of my biggest tips I would say or, or things that I would bring up is just the importance of of fertility in general. And I know we talked about that, but that to me, that that's that's been Honestly, the, the one thing that's always been on my mind this last 13, 14 years is, is, is if I can have kids or not. So, so to me, it's it, it, you know, you, you talk about getting into a relationship and you talk about, you know, obviously forever with this person. To me, it's, it's making sure that this person also understands on the other side of things what it all entails. And I think mm-hmm. education is super important so that, you know, the person that you're dating, you know, especially from, from male to female. that 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 female understands what the fertility process looks like, you know, because I I think it's not a crystal ball and Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a, you know, snap the fingers and it just works. You know, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, try, you know, for a very long time to have children. And, and, and I've learned that, you know, I I think, you know, making a child, creating a child, the one thing I've learned from this is that it is a true blessing to be able to have children. And to me, it's, it's the idea of, it's a, it's a magical thing that happens when a a child is created. And I, I, I just, to me, it's education. I think it's so important to make sure that everybody knows, you know, I I think that the, the happenings and everything that will happen within the process of, you know, IVF or IUI.
1: Yeah. And I think, something that i mean I, I don't know if i'll ever be able to have kids and my sister has offered to freeze mm-hmm. her eggs for me and i wow. at first i was like that that is what i want to do because i wanted my own um, own kids but i have now recently come to terms with if if i can't have kids of my own i will adopt because there's mm-hmm. kids out there that need someone and so oh, yeah. i will have a family in some way so i'm not like hurt by the fact that cancer took that from me.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you both so much uh, for joining us today, for being honest, um, talking about things that I know are not easy. Um, And if anybody's out there listening and you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to uh, us at Epic Experience. One of our main goals here is for everybody to know they're not alone in what they're going through. So thank you all for joining us and we'll talk next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer. For more information about Epic Experience and our programs, or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode.
1: Valentine. That's... Yes.